Okay. Three, two, one. Hello and welcome to another episode of Three NPs in a Pod. I'm Tom. I'm Sarah. And I'm Kylie. And we are here to bring you tips and tricks of the trade while keeping you up to date and entertained. Wow, that is so professional. I know, I love it. It didn't that even is... look it up or write it down. You know what? <laughs> that is great. That is great. So, so how was everyone's week? Tiring. Yes. <laughs> it has been a sleepy week. Tiring. Yeah. So many days in a row to be off some days and, you know. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm just, I'm to the point now where if I work three in a row, that, that fourth day that I'm off, that's pretty much just a do nothing day. Agreed. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Tom, are you going right. to trip here pretty soon? Yeah, we're leaving, uh, I'll leave Saturday, well, I'll leave in two days. So, right. yeah, we'll be going to Nashville, Nash Vegas. And uh, lucky me, it's going to be a nice, beautiful 45 to 50 degrees every day we're there. Oh, nice. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, that'll be great. So, but we get to go walk around. I I can't tell you, I really don't think I've been to Nashville. Well, I've been in Texas for 16 years. So at least 16 years. So, you know, the Nashville I left when we moved to West Tennessee is not the Nashville that's there now. Mm-hmm. So you know, but it'll be great. I'm gonna look forward to it. I'm gonna go country music hall of fame, and um, uh, uh. yes, yes, I am. <laughs> it's true. Uh, <laughs> he was. He even said, "Uh, uh-uh. uh." Like, yeah, I am. Mm-hmm. So, Sarah, are you going on your trip? Are you going on a trip? I I am gonna go to San Antonio. Today. Um, I, I love San Antonio. It's probably my favorite city in Texas, but. I've only been in Nashville once. I feel like I have to go back. So after you go, you'll have to let us know how it is. Oh. You know, I'm the travel guru of cheapness. And so if it is an affordable trip, I will find it. So, <laughs> no, that's excellent. That's and excellent. If it's that's... not affordable, I'll make it affordable. So, Oh, everything's, every, everything could be affordable. I feel like one time I paid full price for some tickets. <laughs> Because we had, you know, if you, I was telling somebody um, about, you know, just travel tricks and things. And if you're set to your specific date and time, you're going to be locked into a certain rate. So if you've mm-hmm. got to be, you know, in Nashville for a wedding on the. Oh, we lost her again. No. She'll she'll log back in, but uh, Carly Cherry, are you the are you the frugal traveler? Um, I try to be the budget traveler. Frugal is probably pushing it, um, but I like to stretch my money as far as it can go, mm-hmm. but also within bounds. Yeah, well, we very rarely go on trips. You know, yeah, we don't and, go anywhere either. And Felicia and I kind of have the, I mean, you know, we're not like big ballers or anything, but if, uh, 
um, if we go someplace, I mean, we're going to do what we want and have fun. And again, you know, I'm not going to spend 3000 for a room or whatever. Right. Right. But, right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. We, we will do things safely. Um, but we're not, we're not like penthouse people. Right. There's we're, we're in the middle ground. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the same way. Uh, but you know, when you start looking around at different hotels, you can find cheap prices. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Flights are killing flights are killing me right now. Flying flights into Orlando. And rental cars. Oh yeah. Rental cars are terrible. They're so expensive. He thinks that rental cars are funny. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I know. Do you like the idea of travel? Sarah, we're having technical difficulties today. Trying to catch one of those deals to Arizona. (laughs) (laughs) Quick, I got to get it. Hold on, hold on to the podcast. No, seriously, I I was just trying, I don't know what y'all, if y'all kept going, but I was trying to uh, say that three, two, at least two different times, I've gone for Dallas to Phoenix three times, three tickets. $150 $150 each trip. And one of those trips included parking, like at the airport. Wow. How do you get that? Well, so you, that's what I'm trying to say. You just kind of like, you know, work with it and you adjust your date. Back on a Thursday or you go on a Thursday and come back on a Thursday. So you just kind of have to know, you play with all the dates. You can really get it to come into yeah. your finger. Mm-hmm. Hard part. But hard part with me is, well, A, we we plan so far ahead. Like, you know, it's great that we only work three days a week and, you know, we have a lot of time off. But when you make your schedule six weeks in advance or whatever, I, uh, and things pop up. It seems like everything uh, that pops up is at a time that I can't do it. And then Felicia works. So. No, I'm going to say. What? That when that happened, so actually, my last trip. Um, you hear me still? Yeah. 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 Yep. So, so my last. You know, it was $150 for three tickets to go somewhere. Um, I was scheduled one of the days around, no, actually two of those days. And my dear friend, Alexis, switched days with me um, and it made it nice. So I feel like I've just been lucky enough. That if I ever find myself where, you know, the ticket is that inexpensive, usually, you know, Kylie will say, hey, you know, how can I help you? Can I switch you that day? Can we swap this location? Right. Something like that. So for me, yeah. I guess I've just been lucky enough that I, I don't take advantage. But no, not at all. No, well, like when it was just us. My husband and I, I w- we would fly at like 5.30 in the morning because that was when it was cheap. And then like yeah. right now with two littles, I'm not willing to fly at 5.30 in the morning. I just, I can't do it. <laughs> I will pay a little bit more to fly at 8.30 in the morning Excuse you. instead of 5.30 in the morning. That's true because I was looking at a trip that there's a special going on right now where tickets are 50% off if you purchase by today, you know, kind of thing. And uh, the flight back leaves at 6 a.m. 
which means you have to be at the airport at five, which means you end up getting up at four. And I'm like, do I really want to get up at four for $50 less? Like, I think I'm right. Exactly. And when it was just us two adults, we did it and it was not a big deal. And we would snooze on the plane now, like there's no snoozing on the plane for us. And when you get there, then like everybody's exhausted and you lose a day or two just trying to catch up on rest. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's worth the little bit extra cost to me right now to, to buy a flight that's at least a little bit better timing than like first thing in the morning. Well, and let me be real. I'm the cheapest person. I'm probably just going to go with that early because in my head, I'm like, why do I want to pay more for the same flight? Like I'm still getting from point A to point B. Yeah, but but you're really not valuing your time. I'm not at you, all. You know, you're, you don't you don't play when you really look at it from a quasi business standpoint. You know, none of us value uh, our time appropriately. Mm-hmm. And, and like Sarah, I like like Sarah, uh, Kylie said, you know, when you land somewhere, and that's great. You you got a fifty dollar flight, but you know you got to reach back and grab your behind with both hands because it's dragging. Right, you know, right. All day, then what's the use, right? Yeah. So and and I'll go back to that way of traveling when our kids when I'm not like <laughs> right now it's we're it's comical watching us get through the airport. I have <laughs> in this summer yeah. when we fly, I'm probably going to uh, let's see. I'll probably wear both children. I'll have one child on my front and one child on my back. We will have two car seats. We will have a stroller. Um, I guess I could put the kids in the stroller or the car seats in the stroller, but usually the stroller has to stay in the stroller bag. Then we have carry-ons and a diaper bag. And like, it just, it's, it's comical. (laughs) Well, I will tell you that, you know, right around the time my kids were that age, you had to start paying for checked Sorry, for carry-on bags and checked bags. It used to be that you could fly and you could, no matter where you were flying, you got one checked bag and you mm-hmm. could only put one under. And so I feel like when they kind of switched over, it was all, it all kind of mushed around this time frame for me. And, you know, the bag fares changed. So we decided to pay extra with kids to check a bag so that we could put the diapers and the heavier things and not have to worry about them and then just carry the yeah. bag. Yeah, yeah. And then right. the, the one trip that we go on, we go to upstate New York every summer. Um, and and we go to my grandma's old house. So like we have I already have a pack and play up there. And we go for an extended time. So I'll bring enough diapers for like a day or two in case we were to get stuck at our um layover yes. airport. But, like, then I just, when we get there, we go to Costco, and I buy a Costco box of diapers. And, Mm -hmm. like, that kind of stuff is helpful because we're there for long enough to use it. Yeah. When my my first child was a baby, my grandmother, I mean, I guess this is kind of unfair because she ran a daycare at the time, but she bought a car seat for my son. So I kept the visit, and I wouldn't even have to bring the car seat because you can't bring the car seat on the plane all the time when you're cheap and not paying for a seat. Mm-hmm. I care. Yeah, and he usually would stay like that for the whole flight. And so um, mm-hmm. one, I don't know what they're called, but it was basically like a rectangular square piece of, you know, I guess it was like a 
rectangular with a square flap on the end as a hoodie, but it had these four uh -huh. straps and you tie them around your back and they crisscross in your back and then you bring them around the front and tie one under their little butt so they don't fall and then one around their back so they stay on there. And he would just stay there. And so when I would get there, there would be a car seat already waiting for me. And it was, that was wonderful. Perfect. Yep. And then Our seat logistics are, nobody warns you about that when you get into motherhood, that like the car seat logistics are going to be a pain. And when you get to your children being requiring a five-second harness, which is really a long time away. But mm -hmm. as a safety seat inspector, I will tell you that children need to be in a belt positioning booster much longer than people do it. Because... Mm -hmm. Being as type A as I am, I learned why the age limit existed. Because in California, it used to be you had to stay in a car seat until you were eight years old and 80 pounds. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> and then um, in Texas, it and I was like, I your reason. Like, this doesn't make any sense. So I actually researched right. This is done, and it's based on your height. Car seat belts are made for people that are four foot nine and taller because the average adult is not less than four foot nine. And so, the reason you need the belt positioning booster until your child is four foot nine is because the seat belt doesn't lay properly across their shoulder. So, they should be in rear facing as long as the car seat weight limit allows. They should be then in a five-point harness as long as the car seat weight limit allows. And then when they no longer can meet those standards, they still need to be in a belt positioning booster until they're four foot nine. And my children are tall. I mean, very tall. And I think mm -hmm. I cried when a six-year-old got out of the five-point harness. <laughs> yeah, because I joke like, that no, our kids are going to be in a still like rear-facing in second grade. <laughs> in second grade. <laughs> So anyways, when they get to where they can, uh, you know, afford to be in this belt positioning booster because they're heavy enough and they're too tall for their car seat limits and all the things, they sell this thing called a bubble bump. And it's an a what? A bubble. And it's a belt positioning booster that's inflatable. And I would roll it up and carry it in a little sleeve and my kid would use it as a pillow on the airplane. And then when we would get to our destination, we would unroll it and inflate it. And it would position him to be tall enough to put the seatbelt properly across his shoulder. Had a little, you know, a shoulder strap that clipped onto the end. Like a, like a, I don't know, like a make the car seat fit your kid. Anyways, it's very cool. Called a bubble. Yeah, that is cool. And they're Yeah, I don't think that, uh. Well, hello? Yep. What's he saying? He's, I don't know what he's saying. He's going to be in a car seat until he's 25 because he wants Seriously. to be safe. Seriously. Yes. <laughs> we, are, we are safe over here. Now, I'll give you a parenting pro tip. <laughs> if, you, if they have a special blanket or binky or whatever, buy four of them. And always have one stashed somewhere. Because we went on a trip. We went on a trip and uh, one hour into the seven hour car trip, my oldest threw up all over his special blanket. 
Oh, no. And we didn't have another one because he was our first. <laughs> so that was, I think, that was, uh, uh, that was unfortunate. I mean, we went to like four, back in the day, Kmart's. We went to the yeah. Kmart to see if we could find the special blanket. And I think we finally did it the third one. But, yeah. So I tell everybody, you got a special blanket, buy three or four. So Tom's pro tip from the Anchor podcast, old days. So, <laughs> not sponsored. Not sponsored. So. Uh, but, yeah. So uh, Sarah and I had a really interesting discussion on picking our battles and hills to die on. Right, Sarah? Correct. Because I Correct. make that my mantra. Because unfortunately with my black and white mentality that I've always struggled to see the gray while I am embracing the grayness of life, some things like still black and white. Like, you don't be lukewarm. Be hot or cold. That's my theory. But I, I mean, I understand <laughs> sometimes things blend together. But I just have this tell me why mentality. And at some point, you have to decide is that the hill I'm going to die on? Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. I mean, you got to you got to think strategic. That's the that's the thing is people don't think strategic. Yeah, sure. You know, I mean, I can. I could find a million reasons why this is right or whatever, but in the grand scheme of things, if, if I keep in, in my philosophy, if I keep arguing, especially with supervisors and things like that, well, then I don't get what I need at the end, which would be, uh, you know, anything really. What's, what's the end goal? You got to right, win, right. lose some battles to win the war. Right, and my, my current topic, and, and I don't mind sharing it with uh, listeners out there, um, is, is an interval dosing of a steroid, dexamethasone, in acute asthma exacerbation. To be honest, I am admitting and acknowledging that the grayness of this question is very valid. I don't think that any person is wrong, but I've been told four to five different interval doses for this drug without really a solid well they're solid but i just you know i want to know is there has there been any evidence-based practice studies has there been any you know research to say why one is better than the other or how each one was determined and then supported medically so maybe i need to do a study that shows you know trials of all these literally four different dosing intervals that people are using in pediatrics to see you know which one is the best are they, is it just gray and it doesn't really matter? You can take one dose whenever you feel like taking the second one. It's up to you. So. But, you know, that's what is, and I guess, gosh, I'm so shocked that I'm even saying this, that I'm, you know, learning to realize that my way is not always the correct way, right? And. Mm-hmm. Record, uh, or that. Or, or my, yeah, really. Exactly. We have, we have snippets of everything that we're recording that we're going to hold on to for the year the year end show the year exactly. review <laughs> but it's best but but it's also not wrong but it might not be the best but like i had held on to a certain interval right and you asked that question 
And I'm like, and it was funny because I gave you a different answer than anybody else had. Yes. Right. Yes. And, and, and I will say was confident that their interval was correct, but nobody could. Yes. Why. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so then, you know what? And then I'm like, well, man, let me look this up. Cause I was like, I'm right. And I'm going to look this up. And I looked it up. I'm like, huh, there's no mention of my interval anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> And there's no mention of any of the other interviews that inter- intervals that people have told you either. And you're like, huh. And so, you know, well, I mean, so for me, it was just a transition. Hey, I'm used to doing something one way. And now somebody's telling me that this way is equally effective. So I, you know, I found the studies. And so the topic is, is prednisone, uh, you know, I was a prednisone user. So is dexamethasone as effective? Yes, yes. We all know that the studies have come out. It's supported. People did research. But the interval that they did the research for is different than the four different ones that people were telling me they were using. And so my question is just, does it make a difference? And so it wasn't a hill per se that I wanted to die on um, because I don't know that anyone else is wrong. So for example, I have one other example. I had a student, I don't know, a couple months ago, a year ago, and I was in primary care, I don't know, six or seven years before I came to the urgent care. And I have always prescribed oral nystatin for thrush, one milliliter, four times a day, divided, right? So you take a milliliter of the nystatin, and in my head, you put half in each cheek, and you rub it in, you use a, you know, a Q-tip, you get it out, you put some vinegar in the water, and you soap it up, and you wash it, and you keep the fungal infection from growing. So I was trying to explain to this student how this is how you you do it's one ml four times a day and she was like um i think it's one ml each cheek four times a day and i was like no it's not that i've always done it like this and so i sat down and i pulled out the harriet lane and i pulled out up to date and i was like hey guess what it is one milliliter each cheek four times a day but in my practice one milliliter four times a day has always worked right Mm -hmm. and so putting that half and I don't know if it's because I tell them to rub it in and to use a q-tip and make sure you get it off and make sure you put it where you want and the one ml each cheek was more of a just shoot it I have no idea but I didn't have anyone that chronic management or return I'm not changed I now do it the way it's listed but I thought man for four or five years I was doing it the wrong way and it turned out just fine right Right. And mm-hmm. you know, it's funny, mm-hmm. if you listen really closely, there's a thousand Harriet Lanes and tons of people Googling that right now. Yes. If you work in pediatrics in any realm, yeah. primary that, care, pediatric care, you need a Harriet Lane. Oh, there's no doubt about it. No doubt about it. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. That but I think funny. that, you know, to go back to the, the hill you could die on, you know, but also coming back, I don't think there's anything wrong with after things have, you know, after the conversation has ended and maybe coming back a couple of days later saying, hey, you know, I was just interested in this. And so I looked it up and this is what I found. And I just wanted to show you and, and you know, not and of course, how you present that. Say, hey, look, I just found these studies and, you know, I'm just going to let you see these and, and see what you think. You know, again, it's all about how you present stuff. Yep. Or how stuff is presented. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, exactly. 
And Kylie, you can, because I almost come at it from the opposite way of like, rather than saying, is this the most right way? I I come at it and say like, are the other ways doing harm? Um, Yes. Yes, I love that. Like, there probably is a most right way to do things. And then there's a lot of gray area within the realm of nursing, just in general, that like, are we crossing from the gray to the danger area? Is this treatment going to do harm? And that's, that's kind of how I look at it. It may not right. be the best. And I, I strive to be the best, but sometimes that's not an option. But is this going to do harm? And that's where my hard stop is. I mean, it's called right. the practice of medicine for a reason. You're practicing. Right, yes. right, right. Yes. The art of. Mm-hmm. The end, the end point is important. How you get right. there, just like as as a leader, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. if I if I have somebody, if I have a, my end point is this, and I come to my team or whatever, and I say, hey, you know, this is what we need to do. Go figure it out. I don't care, I don't care how you get there, as long as you get there. Now, don't cost the company millions. You know, try to be cost conscious, but I, you know, and if your plan's better than mine. Or if your plan's the same as mine, then but different, then go ahead and do yours. I, I don't care. I just it's the mm-hmm, same way. Mm-hmm. That's like you know it's funny that uh, you know there are all different ways. I you know I've raised my kids and I raised my kids different, and feeding, fe- you know feeding baby foods and stuff like that, and feeding foods in in development and in pediatrics is a big argument, right? And so I've just assumed that, like, I, I decided to look up and see where baby led weaning came from. Where was the term coined? What did it come from? And I read about it. And uh, while I think it's, it's nothing I would do or recommend, it's not hurting the kid. Right. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. do mm-hmm. I, do I agree that my way that I raised my kids and the way that the pediatricians told us and everything, there's nothing wrong with that either. But, you know, when you look at where – and you guys can look this up because I'm not going to go through because I can't remember the person's name. But when you look it up, I mean, it's one person came up with an idea, right? There's no, there's no, like, true science behind it when you really read the story. But I just – like, fine. You want to do baby lead weaning? That's, that's fine. Let me give you another option or this is how we did it and, and we can go on from there because it's really not important. It's not going to hurt the kid. Right. Or talk about like, you want to do baby love eating. Let's talk about sizes of the pieces of food that you're offering. Let's make sure they're small enough that the baby can't choke. Let's talk about textures. Let's like, I can lean into, you want to do something that I didn't do with my children and that's fine. Let's make sure that you can do it safely and you feel enabled to take the best care of your children that you feel like you're taking care of them. Right. So funny. Exactly. When I was in primary care, I was really big on let the baby lead. Um, not that it's baby led weaning per se, but you know, there's, there was some controversy and Tom, you might know this and remember you, you introduce your child to solid foods at four months. You introduce your child to solid foods at six months. Well, now can we do it at three? Well, can we put cereal in the bottle? Can we blah, blah, blah. You know, there's all these ideas of all these things that people tried, but how about we just look at the kid? And so I have always taught people to look for the absence of the tongue thrust reflex, because to me, that makes the most sense. 
because a child who is breastfeeding can breastfeed through one year of life and not require any food. But we're teaching the child to eat because we don't want to breastfeed forever, right? So Oh, mm-hmm. let me let me record that one. When the when the tongue thrust flex is gone and they're no longer pushing their tongue out at food and they're drawing it in, guess what? That means your kid is ready to eat. And your kid may be ready at a different time than my kid. So my first child was ready at five months. He was sitting up. He was reaching for food. I'd put something on his tongue and he would smack it on in. He was no longer pushing it out. So that tongue thrust reflex is a natural reflex that protects you from choking. So why do we want to give a kid a food at four months if they haven't lost that reflex? That's my, that's right. my opinion. I love that. Right, See, right. And, yeah. And uh, oh, that's like a great point. When they can swallow. <laughs> but I always thought that you could train them, that you could teach them or they can learn to swallow by doing that. I mean, you start with small, small amounts and then they learn. But I'm the same way that, that they, if they keep spitting out, then you stop. During that time, we're training them. <laughs> so now they know how to eat because they Right, exactly, them. exactly. Sure, they learn because you taught them. It's whatever. It's the same theory. You yeah. know, right. them until they're eating on their own. <laughs> so. Right, right. That's exactly right. Hey, and Kylie, and you'll be happy to know, I also looked up where the term sleep regression came from. <laughs> And uh, yes, that was actually mentioned in, I believe it started being mentioned in the literature, either the twenties or the forties by two, two psychologists, two psychologists, I believe. So I give it a bit more validity, but it is interesting. (laughs) It is interesting that it's timed with uh, growth, growth spurts. Right. Yes. So, and some of that, I think all of that wording is more just to like make parenting relatable. I think a lot of times new parents, moms or dads feel like my baby's the only one that's doing this. And regardless of what we call it, it's it's similar terminology to, to help parents to realize all babies go through periods where they have a hard time sleeping through the night. All babies go through a, a period where they have to learn how to eat food, whether it's from a jar or cut up carrots or like whatever that uh, to me all of that nomenclature is just helpful to make sure that parents know you're not alone like we're all in this together all babies are good babies and like it it just it creates a camaraderie regardless of what you call it whether you like the name or not right i agree with that i think being in pediatrics has saved me as a parent because in mm-hmm. it and I love it when somebody is telling me their problem. That's exactly the same problem that I have at my child. And I'm like, do you know that that happens at mm-hmm. my house? And they mm-hmm. always look at me like, what? And I'm like, this is just developmental. And so I love working in pediatrics because it reminds me that the stage that I'm in with my own children is developmental. And while things can be appropriate and inappropriate, and you know, you still have mm-hmm. to just child I don't mean it like that um and set boundaries and all the things but some of the things they do are very very similar like not sleeping for more than five minutes during the day <laughs> waking up <laughs> four mm-hmm. times mm-hmm. In the night. and when you're that mom mm-hmm. you just want to hear somebody say that happened to me 
Because you're right, Kylie. They feel like exactly. they're alone and they're the only person who has a kid that, you know, won't eat green beans or spits right. out. What's wrong with my kid? Throws a tantrum. Is, is why they brought them to us. Yep. Yeah. yeah, and it's just Especially, it's helpful to be able to say there's nothing wrong with your kid. Your kid is right. perfect, and you're doing a great job. It's just hard. Right, and that's that's the key. Also, is encouraging and supporting the parent, saying, "Listen, this is this is normal. You're doing mm-hmm. a great job." Like like yesterday, I had one. Uh, another topic would be this new. Well, it, you know, dentist bought lasers, so now every kid has a tongue tie and a lip tie. Oh gosh. Right. You know, that's, that's, the, and, and, and all they've done is they've taken the lactation consultants to lunch and dinner. And now more kids have tongue ties and lip ties than I've ever seen in my life. But, and so she was talking to me about that and she was a new mom. She was overwhelmed. And I said, look, your kid is clean. You're holding your child and you love your child. Don't worry. I mean, this is normal stuff. And unfortunately you've looked at Google and you've talked to five different people and gotten five different answers. And, you know, parenting is tough because I can look back after raising a 21 and a 23 year old and say, I felt the same way. And, you know, we got to encourage the parents. 80% of pediatrics is the parents anyway. I mean, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, so I, I just, I also I don't think get. We need to, and, you know, in light of that, is this the hill you're going to die on? The same thing applies to life and parenting. So pick your battles. Yes. You know, yeah. is, is mm-hmm. it worth to argue with you um, about what you're doing to your child? So I, I always tell this story that, you know, there are some cultures and some people who believe if you walk barefooted in the house on a cold floor without socks, you're going to catch a cold. Well, when I was a kid, my mom told me if you go outside with wet hair, you're going to catch a cold. Are any of those things really, you know, medically true? No, not really. But does it harm you to wear socks when the floor is cold? Exactly. So why am I going to argue with that person? Wear socks, right? Dry mm-hmm. your hair before you go outside. It's not hurting you. But if you're right. giving your infant tea, I'm going to tell you to stop doing that because mm-hmm. it's diuretic. That can be harmful to your child. And while I understand that that may be, you know, ritualistic to your culture or something, please wait until they're a little bit older before you give them tea. I don't ever stop someone else's antibiotic if they don't need it, unless it's just flat out 1000% wrong. And I think one time, maybe two in my entire dozen years, because I didn't see the kid before. I don't know why they were using that. I'm not going to stop something that someone else is doing just because it's different for me. If it's not wrong. Right. Exactly. Medicine and in life. And if my kids are, you know, they don't want to take a shower tonight. Is, is that worth the energy that it requires for me to force a kid who has stayed home on a lazy Saturday and not even gone outside to make a, you know, take a shower on a Saturday night? No, for me, it's not. It's not a battle I'm going to choose. Right. And That's a, yeah. The same thing in relationships. You know, if you're married and your marriage is hard, we all know marriage is hard. But am I going to argue with my husband or my wife about? flushing the toilet six times versus four, you know, I mean, something silly and, and I'm being mm-hmm, silly, mm-hmm. but if you put your, you know, coffee cup on the counter instead of in the sink, that drives some people crazy, right? So <laughs> decide, is that going to make me going to 
Well, she's like a half an acre place than I do. So. Yep. Yep. Happens in my house, but there are things, you know. But we don't leave shoes in the living room. When I was a kid, people just leave their shoes in the living room. It's always my job to put them away. And so when I be, don't have shoes in the living room. The shoes stay in the laundry room. We don't even wear shoes in our house. And fortunately, oh. because I'm the mom, right? <laughs> Steven, Steven, I hate to, I hate to go barefoot. So uh, yeah, we, I, I couldn't imagine. House uh, shoes even, wear in the house? Nah, okay, you have house shoes. Yeah. So you have to take your shoes off? When you come in from outside, you take your shoes off? Every single time. There's cow poop in my yard. I do not want that in my house. <laughs> yeah? I mean, I'm just being realistic. I don't want stuff in my house. And in a lot of cultures, you know, it's more it's more traditional. You just, out of respect, you remove your shoes. And so for me, if you're going to only remove your shoes sometimes, well, I just made it a flat rule. In the new house, we always remove our shoes. It's really dirty outside. I don't know where you've been. I don't want to clean my floors as much. I have um, shower caps that I bought at the Dollar Tree, and I keep them by the front and the back door. <laughs> so if someone doesn't want to remove their shoes, they can put shower caps over them. Uh, but shoes in my floor in my house. Oh, God. I'm just saying. I just think of it as germ theory. I'm getting exposed to more germs, so my what, immune system will be. Oh, are you there? What? Yeah, <laughs> what were you saying? I was like, I lost you. I was going to say, people wear, I have soft wood floors, and, you know, if you drop something on the floor, it dents it. So if people come in in high heels, it puts marks in my floor, and so it's just easier for me to say, hey, I've got these warm socks. They're brand new. They've never been worn. You can wear these. You can cover your shoes with these shoe covers, and, you know... There's a few exceptions. It's usually the service people that have the dirtiest shoes. Like, why do I want a plumber's shoes in my house? Do you know what plumbers do? <laughs> <laughs> they make lots of money. That's what make they do. Make lots of money. They, do. Have very they make lots of money. So, well, I, that's, that's, uh, I understand that. But so well, that, you guys, do have to be choosy about, you can't, you can't die on every hill. Yes. Yeah. You're, well, that's exactly right. Because what's the? But if you put a cup in the sink, what is the end game? Well, all right. So now we know. Uh, take your shoes off if you go to Sarah's house because there might be cow poop <laughs> on there, and uh, don't die on every hill. So. Anything else on that topic? I'm good. I feel but like you know that that would be a good. This is a good time. This is a good time to stop and say, "Hey, do you have questions or anything you want us to talk about?" You can reach us at three mps in a pod at gmail dot com. Tell us. And tell your friends to to what subscribe to our podcast. And tell us what mm -hmm. hill you would die on. What what hills are you dying on, and which hill are you choosing not to die on? <laughs> I think those hills change too as we get older. Oh, yes. You know seasons. Yes. Yeah. You know, and that's what I love about this podcast and about with you two. You guys, we're all in three different seasons, and we learn from each other. And. It, it, 
and then I can bring that back and augment my practice with things. So. Yeah. All right. Speaking of different seasons of life, uh, and I don't know how that's a segue, but you know, Kate, <laughs> Kate Okara is Okaro is is in a different season of life than me, and we've invited her to be on the podcast. I've not heard back yet. So if you're a friend of Kate, ask her if she's going to come join us on Three MPs in the Pod, <laughs> she so we is. can cross market with Baby Mama. She said she would come. Is she there? Told me yes. Well, we will plan that. Yay. Did you know that uh, I was listening to all the hacks last night? He was talking about podcasts and the, like, if you go to more than 10 episodes on a podcast, you've lasted longer than 95% of all the podcasts out there. Really? Is that uh, everyone just kind of stops, they fade away, and you can search all these podcasts and they, they just don't go more than 10. You know, and definitely most of them, a lot of them are gone by a year. So. So with our goal. Yes. Our goal is a year. Well, our goal is 10 years. What are you talking there about? You go. Want, <laughs> our goal is Joe Rogan. I want, I want like a podcast deal, but. So baby mama has reached episode 10. So that means. There we go. They're in the running. So we're right behind there. There we are. We are. This is this is episode five. This is episode five. Four. This is episode five. Oh no! no. It is five. It's, yeah, because wow. the last one, the podcast episode was four. So this is five. Here. We're happy. We are. We are. And uh, now, but we do need we need to start thinking about like the next step. What are we going video? Are we going to do a YouTube channel? Maybe I don't not. know that YouTube is ready for um, the birds in my house. <laughs> no. No, YouTube is not ready for the, the birds in the house. <laughs> How old is the youngest bird now? Six months. Oh, my gosh. I know. Why do they keep growing up? No, oh, I know. Listen, I'm just in six months. The other day, I was talking to Kylie about something, and she was like, just wait, pretty soon your oldest is going to be driving. And I was like, yes, wait, no, wait. Yeah. I'm so confused <laughs> by that statement. Oof, man. Was I'm it exciting you for you, Tom, when your boys started driving? No, no it was terrifying. I, I was just going to say, the first time, I mean, it's, it, it's exciting in the sense that, hey, they're learning to drive, and that's cool. Yes. And everyone's up. like, oh, they can, you know, they can go to their own practices and stuff like that. I, I miss that. I miss mm -hmm. driving them to practice. I miss driving them to work. And there is nothing more terrifying than the first time that your child drives away without you. Mm, yeah. And I'm you not think ready for of, that. You think of everything that can happen. You know. Now you can put a phone in the car that has like, you know, geo tracking and you can track them and. Yeah, but it can't stop a it can't stop an idiot from running a red light and T-bone it. Right. And it, exactly. it can't it can't stop some guy from you know running him off the road or whatever. But like but but you know that never stops because my oldest is 23 and they're getting ready to go to Europe for spring break this week. And I'm 
you know, I'm excited. I want to see pictures. I want to hear the stories. But also, I'm like, oh my gosh, going to another country, what happens if they get sick? What happens if something happens? You know, are they going to mm-hmm. be okay because they're Americans in another country? I mean, it will, it's, it's, you know, you never stop worrying about it. Cool. You know. Cool, cool, cool. I'm Sarah, you broke up. What'd you say? No, I'm saying it's also the balance of, of raising adults versus raising children. So I try to remind myself that I'm mm-hmm. raising because they're one day are going to leave me. And as sad as that is for me to think about, the rules that I establish and the things that are worth dying over for me are established so that in my mind, I've ideally given them good values and good intentions so that we're not arguing about it when they're, later, you know, when they're older and later. Mm-hmm. One time when my kid's dad was requiring them to order their own food at like a drop. I just like he's shy, he doesn't want to order it. And he's like, he doesn't want to eat. Like, how are you going to have somebody that grows up and eats own food that sustains their body for them to live? They have to. And so, um, you know, and then you see people who have adult children and they're making their doctor's appointments on their behalf. And I'm like, oh, yeah, they can order their own food. Because they have to <laughs> responsibility that they have to be able to do things for themselves. And if you're. Yeah, but it has to be definitely, it has to be developmentally appropriate. And also, that's interesting because your husband's in mental health. Yeah. Now, what if the kid, what if the kid has anxiety? What if he has social anxiety? So I think there's what I would say, and of course I'm not a mental health provider specifically, but I would think that there is some support of encouraging the child to do that in the safety of your presence. So for me, my kids will always say, you're so unfair or you're so mean. And my favorite response is that the world is unfair and mean. Better you learn it from me who loves you with everything inside of my body. So if they find me to be so injustice and so unfair, I would rather them learn that from me. Because at the end of the day, there's nobody that can do more for them than me. And so you have to learn, yeah, sure, it's unfair to you, but I'm going to be the one that protects you. So you need to Mm -hmm. know that life's going to be unfair and it's okay and you're going to go on and we're going to be fine the next day. So that's my, my approach to that. So if they do have anxiety, I get what you're saying. But I also think that if you feed into that too much, I don't know. I'm not going to speak on. Yeah. Because that's, yeah. I just, I have a different viewpoint and that's fine. I, you know, we're not, I mean, yes, they're not little adults, but they don't have the capacity and at time and we'll teach them as they go. But again, that's a, that's, it goes back to, Hey, that's your way of parenting. And as long as it doesn't impact me or do anything damaging to the kid, I don't care. Right, you know, right. we, we raise our kids differently. Right. And your kids are just fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, it depends on the, depends on the day and the definition. But, uh, <laughs> no, and, you know, I also, this is my favorite thing to tell people, and, and I don't know if anyone else feels this way, but, you know, when it comes to, and this, I know this is going to be touchy for you, Tom, but when, you know, vac- vaccination, for example, 
um, or whether you're going to make them order or whether you're going to feed them solids at four months or wait until the tongue reflex goes away. At the end of the day, your child was given to you for you to be able to make that decision. And I pray that you're equipped to do that because God gave your child to you, not to me. So I have my children for reasons that I may not understand for the same thing. Your child needs to be parented differently than mine. And that's important to remember because not every child can be parented the same way. And the things I do for one, I can't do for the other. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, that, and that's even, you know what, that's even like if you have two kids. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Even in right? I mean, kids. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with everything except for vaccines, but that's a different, that's, <laughs> you're, ta- you're, you're talking about science versus. <laughs> you're, right, right. <laughs> versus woo-woo. Because right. God gave you that child, and now you can well, God, make the decision. Yeah. Is well, that the decision you want to have on your shoulders? So make sure you got a good one. But. But that goes, I mean, that goes to my favorite book in the entire universe, which is The Five Love Languages of Children. Or actually, The Five Love Languages and then The Five Love Languages of Children. It's the only book I recommend. And, uh, you know, that, that just exemplifies what you said. Each kid is different, mm-hmm. right? And how you raise one kid. And you'll know that. And Kylie, you see that. And we all see that. When you have two kids, you have the first one, and then you have the second one, and you try to everything the same way and it doesn't work right so well this has been great discussions today i've enjoyed it yes Uh uh-oh sarah sarah didn't like my comment she fell off again whoops (laughs) (laughs) just joking she did not hang up let me just clarify that for those of you listening at home (laughs) Oh. It's been a technical situation. Oh, uh, yes. Tech, technology. And I thought I was the one that had problems with it. So. <laughs> but, you know, Kylie, I hear the birds in the background, and we've been talking oh about gosh. parenting. And, you know, I was going to tell you, and, and one of the feedback, the feedback I get from people is they love the fact that there's birds in the background while we talk. <laughs> I love that everybody is tolerant. Because yes. at some point, like it is what it is, and and I love it. Yes. Sarah, are you back with us? Of course. Yeah, my technical difficulties over here. <laughs> I figure we're getting close to being done with our podcast for the day. So. Uh, yes. Yes. I I was just thinking that. Uh, but we were just talking about the feedback that I get is that everyone loves the birds in the background with with yeah. Kylie and. And just the real discussion. So, so anyway, yeah. well, I people, people love that, it when we all have different opinions. They're like, you guys are so different. I'm like, yeah, we're just, <laughs> it's the perfect. Yeah, different people can still be friends. <laughs> exactly, and I think it's I think it's a great example of how like we all can be different and have different opinions and still respect each other and hear each other and and I think that's what makes a fun relationship. Right. Right. And I'll be the first to say, I learn something from you guys all the time, you know, and uh, it's, it's safe to say that all three of us are very different in a lot of ways, but we're similar in the, the core, the core way, right. In the, in our core values are the same. 
And right, but right. I learned, but I learned something all the time. So and we may vote differently, prescribe, you know, dexamethasone differently, but at the end of the day, we care about the kids. It's all that's right. Pinkies <laughs> up, and if you work, if if you work for our organization, you understand that it's all about the kids. Pinkies up. He's so, well, <laughs> why don't we wrap it up for today? Because the birds sound like they're uh, they're ready to go fly. Oh my god! And what, what is going on today? behind you? Oh, uh, we're climbing into the Tupperware drawer. Oh, oh. that's the best. Well, here, do you want to say bye? Can you make a <laughs> not today? Will you say bye? Bye bye. Say bye. Bye. Just say bye. I can't We got a lot of thoughts and a lot of questions over here. That was, that was, yeah. And what? No, I can't say bye today. That might have been a flight I, of ideas. Is, I don't know. In, in his defense, it is a little bit confusing. I have my AirPod in, so he can't hear you guys, but he yeah. hears me. And so for me just to say, tell him to say bye, he was like, I can't talk into your AirPod. <laughs> I love it. Love it. He also knows these are mommy's AirPods, not your AirPods. <laughs> yeah. That's right. That's just yeah, that's right. <laughs> All right. Well, guys, we'll wrap it up. Sarah, have uh, have a fun. Aren't you going on a trip? You gonna, when do you go on your trip? Next yeah, week. Probably around the same time you're gone. Yeah. All right. Well, have fun, and we will talk to everybody next week. Or two. All right. Sounds uh-huh. good. Yeah. <laughs> Next week or two. Don't pin me down. Or so. three. You know, we'll do twice or, a month. It's still happening. There we go. There we go. All right. Well, you guys have a good day. Day. See ya. Bye, uh, everyone. Bye. bye.